morning, everybody. I don't know why, but I was just thinking of this. Uh, uh, I saw that somebody had this book. It was like, uh, you might be a preacher if. It was kind of like a, you might be a redneck type thing, but it was like all these funny things about being a preacher. And uh, it had this uh, this preacher standing in front of the mirror at home going, Brimstone! <laughs> oh. I was thinking, man, I need to work on that. Uh, so, Jesus, we just thank you for your word to us, uh, for your great faithfulness and love, and how you have kept us, God, from uh, the day we were conceived unto this day. God, you have watched over us and kept us, God, and um, the the way that you know us, God, is, is such a blessing. God, the way that you love us is so beyond what we could understand. God, and we're, we're grateful this morning for that love. I'm grateful for your faithfulness, Jesus. And today we just pray that you'd feed us with your word, that you would teach us, God, minister to us, and put these things in our hearts, God, and cause them to grow up and bear fruit. God, as only you can. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Let's go over to James, chapter 1. Anybody else get nervous when the preacher goes to James? <laughs> I don't know, there, there's some of those passages that can be kind of painful sometimes, and it's like, the preacher's like, go with me over to here, and you're like, oh boy. That's when, you know, if we had pews, that's when you'd start polishing them a little bit, squirming. So, at least I hear that's what they used to do back in the day. Never been to a church with pews. Um, so anyway, uh, here in James... Uh, it's such a great book, you know. I remember when I first time I read it, I was so confused. <laughs> so I had just been uh, just burning through the New Testament and uh, uh, brand new Christian. I'm like, you know, reading all this stuff about grace and unmerited favor and salvation not being by works. And then I read James, and it was like somebody pulling the record off of the thing, you know, and everything kind of came to a stop. Uh, and to be quite honest, I just shrugged and read it and moved on. But uh, uh, but it's really cool because the thing about grace uh, is that um, the the church has taken it to be this kind of ticket to do whatever you'd like, or that you don't have to do anything. And uh, um, you know, of course, you you often see in the church. You know the same kinds of things you see in our society around us, and nowadays that uh, idea of you know showing up to get your paycheck and not actually doing anything is kind of a pretty prevalent idea in our society nowadays. Uh, you know, and uh, so I, I like how James reminds us. It's like you know there are actually some expectations that God has for us. Um, you know, and. Uh, and that's not really what I'm going to focus on here in chapter one because that really kind of gets, well, I might, but uh, wasn't what I was planning on talking about. Let's put it that way. I don't know how many times I've come up here and planned on talking about something and then it went a totally different direction. You know, I come up here with like a really nice, encouraging word and then it turns into brimstone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
Yeah, then the and then Sunday school's over and I'm just kinda like, What the heck was that? <laughs> so just trust God that he knows what he's doing. So uh so James one. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes that are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Boy, we love that, don't we? It's like, oh boy. That, this is going to be painful. But, you know, of course, you know, this idea of temptations is not, not necessarily a, a solicitation to sin. This is, this is being tested, being put to the test. Um, you know, and if you are... If you're working on a project, um, you know sometimes you have to test it out, make sure it's going to work. Uh, our paint salesman sometimes will give us a, like a free gallon of some new product to try out, it's like see how this works, test it out. Um, or if they want us to buy something, they'll give us like ten gallons of it for free so we can test it out. And uh, and then we go thanks, you know, and just pocket the savings and don't buy it. But um, now you know my secrets. So he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. And, uh, um, you know, patience is such a funny thing because, um, of course, you know, as we all know, the only way you can really build patience is to have to have patience to go through some experience where you you have to just be patient. And uh, I love the old, uh, the old story about the little boy that was like, God, I want patience and I want it now. <laughs> it's like, and that's, that's how I feel, you know. And, uh, of course, you know, we want everything now, don't we? That's why we have Amazon Prime. <laughs> you know? And you know that you're spoiled when you think, well, I... Yeah, Two-day shipping is not soon enough. I actually need this, like, today. Dang it, what am I going to do? You know, but uh, anyway, uh, there's something about developing patience that happens when you're in a circumstance that you just can't change, that you'd like it to change, or, or you know, you have, a, you have a date on the calendar for something that you're, you're looking forward to, like Christmas, for example. When you're a kid... December the 25th is eons away, you know, and it doesn't matter that it's, you know, December 18th. It's like, a week? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like, how am I going to survive for a whole week? You know, in fact, when I was a kid, I remember I knew that my parents had gotten me this new game console, and, uh, I mean, there was no hiding it, and that that was what they'd gotten me, and I wore them out. And they finally on the 20th of December, they were like, oh, fine, just open it, leave me alone. And so I did. So, uh, you know, but an inheritance may be gotten hastily at the beginning, but the end thereof is not blessed. Because then Christmas came and I had like a couple things. And I was like, oh, kind of a letdown now. You know, and... uh because I'd already played the video games till it was coming out my ears. So, so patience then is a uh, is an interesting virtue. Um, let's 
also, of course, he says the trying of your faith works patience. So, so God knows that sometimes he just has to put you in a spot that, that you'd like this, to have this over with now, or I, I want it now. You know, and uh, you know, kids have this movie that's like about this spoiled little brat, and she's like, "I want it all. I want it now. Don't tell me no. Just tell me how." And uh, <laughs> I was like, "Yes." It's like I, I identify with this girl, but so so the trying of your faith works patience. And he says, "But let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect and entire, and wanting nothing." I know it's in parentheses, but or uh, italics, but I like how he he refers to patience as a her. Because women are way more patient than men, which is you know it's brilliant when you you, you put them together. So I'm I'm very I'm a very impatient person. Cynthia's pretty patient, and I think God knows that you, you need that when you you're going to have to temper each other a bit. So. Um, but you know the interesting thing about this patience having your perfect work it's like you you can't rush patience because uh you know you you only you you can only develop patience so quickly you can only build patience so fast um, you can't get impatient with patience if I could say it that way and so uh you know, but but here he talks about letting it have its perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So there comes then this this sense of you know that uh, this patience being developed and and it leaves you in this place of of being whole and lacking nothing. Um, and uh, you know it's funny because like I said I'm a fairly impatient person, but when I was in my twenties. He talked about being impatient, and I, I had, you know, not only did I not have patience to wait for things, or you know, patience for the slow people on the road, or you know, people who pulled out in front of me, or anything like that. I didn't have any patience with people. You know, it's like if you you got on my nerves, that's it. You were just on my list, and I've had, I've, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna gripe and complain, and and uh, you know, might keep it to myself. I might tell somebody else, but. Uh, <laughs> People who know me well are like, yes, I was there. So, but uh, <clears throat> the funny thing is, is like, you know, I got older and got a little more patience. And it's funny because, you know, you grow up, um, you know, with your, you know, your your elders telling you, it's like, oh, you know, just be patient. You know, this is this stuff will all work itself out. And you're thinking, no, oh, it's got to happen now. And and yet, uh, you get older, and you you know you realize, well, you know, things just kind of happen, you know, in in their own time. And I was I was really complainy and gripey when I worked with Kevin. I was, I was a terrible, terrible employee. Gave him all kinds of ulcers, I'm sure. Um, but you know, he uh, it was funny because I would be complaining about something that was really pretty temporary. It's like. You know the difference between getting off work at five o'clock versus getting off work at three o'clock. I'm like, I'm gonna get off work at three o'clock. You know, of course I got paid the same no matter what. So it's like obviously I wanted to get done early, but um, he had this phrase, and he's like, it's just work. 
you know, and there was like a whole paragraph of stuff in there, you know, it's like, you know, if he'd had parenthesis or like subtitles, you know, it'd have been like, shut up, stop complaining, it's just work, get over it, grow up, be an adult, you know, and uh, maybe he didn't, wasn't thinking all that, but I was hearing it, and, uh, um, but you know, as I got older and I looked back on it, I was like, yeah, all that stuff should be in there. Maybe he should have just thrown a water in my face and told me that, you know, and uh might have been good for me. Uh, but, you know, I got a little older and it's like, you know what? I don't have to drive 10 miles over the speed limit to get where I'm going. It's really not going to make any appreciable difference. Uh, you know, if I get off work at 5 o'clock versus 3 o'clock, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's not that big a deal. And so, you know, life goes on. You know, Ron told me once that uh, um, he, he he wished everybody could be his age when they had kids. Because, like, because you have so much more patience. And you have so much more life experience and you understand people so much better that he's like, it actually would be a lot easier than having kids in your 20s and 30s when, you know, when you're impatient and figuring everything out and, and all that. And I thought, huh. Okay, because I, I I was in my late twenties when we started having kids, and I actually I thought I was doing pretty good. I thought I had things under control. You know, I thought a lot of my my issues and stuff had all been kind of resolved in my early to mid twenties, and then I had kids, and I discovered it was all still there. <laughs> I just needed some stimulus to poke at it, <laughs> and and. Uh, I found out that the beast was still there, <laughs> just under the surface. Um, so, so patience, though. You know, I, and I like how he says, you know, let have patience have a perfect work. Because the thing about God building patience is you in you is like I said, you can't rush it. But what I mean is, you really, literally can't rush it. You can't rush him, and he he puts you in a situation that it's just going to end when it ends. You know, and uh, um, and that's that's something that's you know, like if you have if you got kids, it's really difficult for kids to grasp that sense of what do you mean it's just going to be over when it's over? You know, what do you mean that you know it's, it's going to be like another another week, another month? What does that even mean? You know, and um, so. God puts us in these places where you just have to take it one day at a time. I've been through experiences in my life. I can think of a few right off the top of my head where there was no no finish line that I could see. You know, the the end of this thing that that day that the that the jailer came down and and unlocked Joseph's cell was nowhere in sight. And uh you just had to take it one day at a time and be patient. And it was uh, not easy. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, um, uh, Facing the Giants. It's a bit on the hokey side in places, but there's this scene where they they put the guy, the, they put somebody else on your back and you crawl, like not on your hands and knees, but like on your toes and your hands. And and they they blindfold the guy put this dude on his back and then then you crawl and he's thinking okay I'm ready to quit now okay, I'm ready to quit now I'm ready to quit now and the coach is like shouting encouragement at him from like far away 
He's like, you got this, you can do this. You know, and, he, and, he, and he keeps crawling and keeps crawling and he finally collapses and he had crawled all the way across the entire football field carrying this guy on his back. And uh, so you're all quiet because you've all had experiences just like that. And, you know, there, there was no sense of uh, this is going to be over on September 23rd. It's like this is just, this ends sometime, ends when it ends. So uh, I like the little turn he takes here because he says, let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. I like how he starts, he turns this idea of patience into getting wisdom. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of what I, I realized from that that time of, because I was thinking, it's like, so what, what has changed in the time that I worked for Kevin and I was an impatient little jerk and and now being a mildly impatient jerk. And, uh, you know, part of it is just wisdom from experience. You, know, you, you go through things and you learn, okay, so this is this is going to be all right. You know, and so sometimes repeating the same thing over and over again will bring you wisdom. You know, when when we came up here to to paint the hallways, for example, you know, I haven't painted much in a long time, and it was funny how it was it was like riding a bike. You know, it was like just getting right back in, including the oh man, it's like it's already after lunch and we haven't even started putting any paint on the wall yet. Oh, how are we going to get this done? I painted for 17 years, and every project, I felt that way, and wisdom would tell me, and it did tell me, it's like, this is going to be fine, you're going to get done today, and we would, and then the next project would be like, oh, it's after lunch, we haven't any paint on the wall yet, what are we going to do? Every time, I'm like, we're not going to get home until dark, you know, every single time, but... But, you know, that the the wisdom and the patience brought by all of dealing with that same thing over and over again, I used to get in that situation, and as Mike will tell you, and I'd be really antsy and agitated and grouchy and and because it's like, oh, man, we're, we're running behind. We've got to get this done. Ha, 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 You know, and now I st- I'm still thinking that. <laughs> But on the outside, you know, got like the Irish setter thing. It's like just the same facial expression all the time. Like, that, ah, we'll just make this happen. It's just work, exactly. In fact, there have been many a times where Mike and I have worked on a project together. It was like, we just look at each other and be like, yeah, it's just work. Yep. And, uh, you know, especially if, you know, if I'm feeling rather crabby and want to gripe about something, and Mike's like, yep, it's just work. I'm like, point taken. But so he says, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And so um, I like how he links patience and wisdom here. And so the things that we go through really do build both of those things. And if you ask God for wisdom, then most likely that wisdom is going to be gained through something that is also going to build patience. And uh, because... You know, I asked Ron once, I was like, okay, so so he talks about wisdom being a gift, right? Uh, a gift of the Holy Ghost. It's like, so 
how would you know if you had that? Because wouldn't that be kind of self-serving? Oh, I have the gift of wisdom. You know, it's like, if I did, I'd have one of those little stands like, uh, uh, like Lucy on peanuts, you know, with my little can. And it's like, it's like, wisdom here, you know. Uh, come get your wisdom. But uh, he's like, well, you know, there are times when, you know, you're dealing with a situation and just all of a sudden you understand every side of it and you know what the problem is, you know what the, the root cause is, you know what the answer is, you know all that stuff, just bam. I was like, okay, I've had that happen before. Uh, I wish it happened more. Um, but the, the, you know, this idea of of gaining wisdom, the vast majority of the wisdom that you will gain in your life is simply life experience. And so, you know, when you're a teenager, of course, you have very little wisdom, but you know everything, you know. You know, and it's funny because, you know, I, I look back and it was like, yep, when I, I, I thought I knew everything when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take too long, hopefully, into your uh, early adult life and then you realize, actually, I don't know everything and my parents actually know quite a bit. Um, you know, and it's not that they're smarter than you. It's just that they have life experience. They have wisdom. And they have probably learned this thing the hard way that you're learning the hard way. And they probably tried to tell you, here's how you don't learn it the hard way, but you had to learn it the hard way anyway. And you're all laughing because that's exactly what you did. And so, you know, it's funny because then you find yourself passing that wisdom on and it falls on deaf ears. (laughs) Uh, You know, um, know, we were... uh, talking about teenagers the other day, like, you know, as, as something that's up on our horizon. I was like, Jeremy's going to be an interesting teenager because he already knows everything. So I don't know what we're going to do when he's a teenager. Like, oh, man. So I gently pointed that out to him this morning that he that he thinks he knows everything already. He's like, I don't mean to. I'm like, I, I know. It's just, you're just so excited about life that, that you're just sure that this is the answer. So, no, he's he's a good kid. He'll be, a, I think he'll be a pretty easy teenager. Uh, but anyway, so the sense of wisdom, you know, it's like that. I was talking with somebody about that. You know, it's like, you know, you, you talk to Ron because, you know, aside from you know the the presence of God, you also have he's got he's got everybody beat on life experience because you know I, I mean. You, you know, you have 69, like, jam-packed years of stuff, you know, and not to mention dealing with everybody else's stuff. I mean, you talk about experience and wisdom, all this stuff to draw from. It's like, you know, it, it, it's almost like he, he's like the Google app, you know. It's like you just put your problem in and its answer pops up, you know. It's like, man. You know? You know, it's like you ask him a question, it's like, you know. Point three seconds, you have like ten million results. But so, so wisdom. You know, I uh, when I was when I was young, I remember right before Cynthia and I got married, I was uh, I was reading Proverbs, and it just really struck me in the beginning of the book how it's, he says, you know, this is you know for the young man to learn wisdom and discretion, and it goes on and on and on, and it makes a really interesting study to look at all those different words that he talks about there and and what they mean and 
and it like basically spells out this is what this book is for. And so I, I really spent a lot of time in Proverbs uh, chasing after wisdom in my early 20s, but it took me a while to get there because I was in my early 20s. And not to say that you can't be wise when you're in your 20s, because there are some guys in their 20s here, but um, you certainly can be. And the wisest thing of all, uh, according to Solomon, was uh, to fear God and keep his commandments. You know, he's like, this is the sum of the whole matter, you know, and makes life easy. But uh, um, the the great thing is, is if you, you know, if, if you're looking to him and asking him, then this you, you gain wisdom through the things you go through because you read through Proverbs and you can go through all kinds of things and learn nothing from it. Because you, know, you can be wise or you can be a fool, you know, and the fool has all this stuff happen to him. Like, well, that was lame, and then just goes right on about their their life, and and, and it's no wonder the way of the transgressor is hard. You know, but you can uh, you can learn from it, and you know that that's how like you know the first time you burn your hand on something, you think I'm not going to touch one of those ever again, because wisdom. <laughs> From you know painful experience, so so he says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it should be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he should receive anything of the Lord. Um, and I love this word wavering uh, in verse six because. Um, it carries this sense of overthinking things, you know, and and it's real easy to, you know, you know, some people like to really take stuff and kind of turn it over and, you know, and, and really think their way through every little detail. Some people just kind of shrug and just press forward, and I'm not saying that either one is good or bad, but... Um, I'm one of those, hey, I'm sure it'll all work out. Let's just do it. And, uh, you know, but some people like to really, you know, think their way through. But what if this? What, what do I do if this happens? What, what about this? You know, and, uh, um, and like I said, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But this, he, he's talking here about, you know, to ask God for something in faith, but then not to overthink it. You know, because... You know, if we and and I as I seem to keep coming up with this uh, in conversations with people. We we ask God for something, but then we can't figure out how He's going to do it, and so we decide it must not going to happen. He's not going to do it because we can't figure out how He's going to do it. And uh, you know, which I, I can only imagine how that must make him feel <laughs> amused, <laughs> irritated. I don't know, but. Um, I'd have to go with amused because there's something about um, surprising somebody that you love that's that's really great. And uh, so, you know, we ask him for something and and we we you know give ourselves an ulcer trying to figure out how is God going to do this thing. You know, I I don't see any way this is going to happen. You know, and you know once we've reached that point, it's now God really has some room to work. And, and and do something that only he could do, uh, and it's so much better that way when he just he does something that you couldn't do any other way. Uh, 
You know, because like uh, Jesus told the disciples when they had that big crowd of people there, they're out in the wilderness. You know, it's not like they could all just run over to Chick-fil-A. Maybe it was a Sunday. And, and they uh, they had like a couple loaves of bread and a couple fish. That's all they had. And uh, and the disciples were like, well, so you want us to go out and see what we can scrounge up in the villages and stuff? Kind of, you know, maybe everybody can have a little bit of something. And you know, it never occurred to them. They would have never come up with the solution that God had. The solution that Jesus came up with was, well, just have everybody sit down, bring it here, and we're going to bless it, and we're going we're gonna to have a miracle here. And that's the great thing about miracles. I mean, isn't a miracle by definition something that you could never have figured out? You can't explain it. It just happened. And so... Uh, this, uh, this sense of wavering, this overthinking, really just kind of causes you undue stress while you're waiting for your miracle. So he says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. And uh, if you've ever been on a on a boat in really choppy water, and it was all windy out and stuff, you know it's not a pleasant place to be. Uh, feels rather uncertain. And he says, let not that man think he should receive anything of the Lord. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I know it, it it does really make a difference when we when we pray in faith for things. And, again, you know, um, faith is not, you don't have like a dipstick that you could pull out and see how much faith you have. You know, it would be interesting if you did, but but it's this intangible, wispy thing. And the the more you try and grab onto it to, you know, um, measure it or to, you know, kind of assess what you've got, the more it's just like grabbing air. Because, of course, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So it's not something that we uh, can just, you know, pull it out and look at it. Uh, but... Uh, and it's and it's faith is not a currency by which we get things from God, but um, the sense of of trusting Him when we ask really makes a big difference. And and you know and that's what Jesus told us. He's like, when you pray, just you know believe that you're going to have it, and 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 you're going to have it. You know, and uh, you know it's great because the 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 more patient we get and the more wise we get um, as time goes on, uh, the more our our prayers come into line with the things that he's more inclined to do because they line up with the things that, that are in your life already. Because, uh, you know, I know I, I love the story that Ron tells about uh, um, praying for that Mustang. He's like, they're going to give it to somebody. Might as well give it to me. You know, and, uh, you know, if you wanted to put God in a box, then you would have to come up with the conclusion that well he asked for it God has to give it to him you know and uh, you know and I know that uh, sometimes some of the 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 turmoil that we get into um, when we're waiting on God to do something while we're building this patience is um, that sense of well I I prayed for it and it didn't happen you know and actually I was uh, we had an emergency yesterday morning. There was no coffee at our house, and 
Uh, and if you don't think that's an emergency, then I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so I went over to the, there's like this great little Amish store there in, uh, in Ottawa, and they sell roastery coffee. So, um, so I went over there to buy some, and there was, it's interesting because there was this, um, uh, this lady, uh, in there talking to the cashier, and, uh, you know, she's got like a cane, and she's like, they have like a real low spot on the counter for like big bulk items, and she's like sitting there. And, uh, and she was talking about being in a lot of pain and like dealing with some kind of like health issue. I wasn't really, I was only vaguely listening. I was trying to pick out my coffee and not, not be, you know, rude and eavesdrop. But uh, as I come up to the counter, um, the lady's like, well, she's like, uh, she said something about about asking God to, to fix it, uh, or like that she had. She's like, but, or she, no, she said that I, I could ask him to, to, to fix it, but he won't. And then it was like she caught herself, like she, because she said what she was really thinking, what she really believed. And then she caught herself and, and realized, no, 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 that's not what you're supposed to say. So she's like, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, and she got up and, and uh, she left so the lady could ring me up. And I was like, huh. You know, and I, I prayed for it because I thought, well, that's really interesting, you know, because we, you know, we, we pray for things and they don't happen right away. And, and we feel like, well, that's just not going to happen. Sometimes we pray for things for a really long time and they still don't happen. And, uh, and, and of course, we have an adversary that wants to take that and, and tell us that well, it's because it's not going to, you know. It's like, oh well, what do you know? So, yeah, you know, trash talking and arguing with the devil can be entertaining, but in general, it's better to just ignore him. But um, so, um, uh. I think that's probably a good place to stop for now. But, um, I mean, you could keep on going through James. James is such a great book. Uh, you know, and, uh, um, but, you know, we, you know, God knows how to bring us into these places that only He can get us out of. And, and He knows what we need far, far better than what, than what we think or what we think we need. Uh, uh, you know, when I, uh, one of the things that my business coach has tried to drill into my head that's still, still working on assimilating it is that, you know, people call you and they tell you what they need. Like, but actually, you're, you're not a salesman, you're a consultant. So you're going to go and you're going to assess what they have and, and make a recommendation about what they need. I had this guy come out because I, I was like, hey, I need my crawl space insulated. And, and he, Instead of just selling me what I asked for, he's like, "Well, let's take a look at everything." He's like, "Actually, what you need is your attic done, um, and uh, this is going to be way more. This is going to achieve your goals." He didn't like necessarily. He's like, "So, what is it that made you want to do this?" And so we talked about it and everything. He's like, "Well, actually, this is going to get you where you want to go." Um, and so sometimes, you know, we we put in our estimate requests with God. So like, well. Yeah, this is this is what I want. This is what I need right here. This is this is the thing. You know, I've, I've done my research on on uh, on uh, all the websites and everything about home improvement. I've been watching this old house. This is what I need right here. You know, and 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 God's like, well, actually, what you really need is this. We need to fix this before we can do this. And 
Um, and actually, this is really, you know, this isn't going to do you any good. You're going to be disappointed with this. And we don't know any of that stuff. We're just thinking, I, I just don't want my cookies, you know. And so, um, you know, and so that builds patience, doesn't it? Because you have to just trust him that he, he knows what he's doing. And, you know, he didn't give you the thing that you asked for. My, my kids, have, uh, Jeremy, had been begging for a Nintendo Switch all year. and He's not getting one. So... He's going to have to have patience, won't he? Because there's always his birthday that's like nine months away, <laughs> you know, or something like that, you know. But uh, um, it's good for you, though. It builds character, you know. It's, all, it's always the unpleasant things that build character. But but that that sense of of uh, you know, learning to just trust that God knows what He's doing, that that He's got the schedule. And, and he knows what, what you need, when you need it, and, and how you need it um, is really a blessing. And it really does bring uh, bring the sense of being perfect and entire and wanting nothing when you know that uh, he's got everything under control and that uh, I, I don't need to um, stress unduly about this thing that I've asked him for uh, because he, he's got it all under control. So Jesus, we just we thank you for uh, your love to us. We thank you, God, that you take us through these things, uh, these these uh, wisdom building places, these patience building places, God. That uh, um, that at all times, God, you have our best interest at heart, God. That that uh, you know what's best for us better than we do, and we are appreciative of that. And God, I just I pray. For, uh, every heart in this place, God, that our faith would not fail, God, but that we would uh, look to you as the author and finisher of our faith, God, that uh, that we would entrust you with the things that we've placed in your hands, Lord God, and that uh, that sense of resting in your faithfulness uh, would would come to us, God, day by day. And we just we pray it and ask it in your righteous name, God. Now today we just pray that you would do as only you can in this place, God, that you would minister to every heart, that you would meet every need, and that you would do exceeding abundantly more than we could ask or think. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen.